tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, After Buzzers. Back to Manhattan After Buzz TV After Show. Tonight, we are doing episode World of Tomorrow and episode 33. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have. Hi, I'm Alina Vision. You can follow me at on Twitter and on Instagram at Alina Vision. Yes, we are back. Bobby yes. is still not back. Aww. We can give him crap about it later. <laughs> and we will. But sure enough, it's the woman holding down the fort, just like the woman holding down the fort exactly, in Manhattan. Exactly, exactly. Manhattan Project. Okay, so really quickly, what were your thoughts about both episodes? Okay, last week's episode I liked. I liked that um, it was more about personal relationships. I liked that. Mm-hmm. But I really liked this week is we kind of got back into the science. Yes. And kind of got to nerd and geek out on that. And that's what I really liked about this week's show. That's always fun. I always love nerding out. Yeah. Um, as you said, uh, yes, it really did get personal and then get really, really scientific. What I liked about it is that the whole first episode, World of Tomorrow, moved the story forward physically and yeah. just storyline. And also in the year, progressed a lot of things. Even though we were going back and forth with a lot of flashbacks, we still got where we are in the historic timeline and how things came to be um the politics behind everything we'll definitely Mm -hmm. get into and then especially tonight's episode 33 um just a lot of more politics going on (laughs) and actual historic events going down so we'll really quickly recap um the world of tomorrow so sorry we couldn't do it last week scheduling and whatnot but we're here yes uh world of tomorrow we'll go over the highlights in World of Tomorrow, we had a new character, Loretzen, mm-hmm. who, in a way, seemed like the nicer Fisher. Exactly. Still interrogating, but in a more empathetic way, trying to getting answers out of that way, more as building up friendships and that type of com- camaraderie, rather than, I'm going to threaten you because I work for the U.S. government. Exactly. So I think tell that was a good... Know. A good strategy on his part because he was able to get a little bit more information than <laughs> just hardcore interrogating that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of Loretzen? Did you think he got a lot of good answers that the audience already knew or things we didn't know? Goodness, I have to remember back to, that <laughs> to last week. Um, from what I remember, I think from what the characters were telling him, it was a lot of the stuff we already kind of knew. Mm-hmm. He was fishing around for new information. Um, and a lot of frank information, definitely. Like, that's what his main goal was. You could kind of tell it was frank. Frank, absolutely. Yeah. I think Loretzen was pretty much the voice of the audience and right. asking all the questions that we, the watchers, were wondering. Like, what the heck is Frank doing back now that he's back on the hill? Why is Daro now making him a private right. whatsoever? And we slowly got the answers through all these flashbacks. They went from... The summer of 1944, when Frank came back to the winter 
to New Year's, back to the summer. It was, it was back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. It was a lot of flashbacks, yeah. and it was interesting to keep up, but we definitely got the answers. Um, overall, we got the the answers that Frank pretty much pissed off all the wrong people. He go, he possibly came in contact, especially the government, especially Colonel Darrow. Mm-hmm. And Colonel Darrow pretty much benched him. It's like, I, I am a colonel, you're going to enlist, or you're going to be sent back to prison. Exactly. Like, and you just got out of a prison. <laughs> you choose. <laughs> so you're going to actually go to a real prison because of all this, all the actions you went, um, you went about doing. Right. So he's a private, still under the eye of Darrow, and, but Darrow's keeping him close. Yeah. Because during all these flashbacks, we see Frank still talking to his team implosion, getting some answers here and there. Mm-hmm. He's still really learning the equations. They're figuring out the whole um, uranium problem, quote-unquote, which they kept saying. Um, what do we think of this? Do you think this is actually a smart plan of Darrow? I think it's just a smart plan to have Frank on the hill. And I think mm-hmm. Darrow kind of knows that because it could, you know, it's the backup plan to Team Implosion. You, got, you always got to really have a backup is. plan. Yeah. So I think it was a good on his part because he knew mm-hmm. Frank can't keep himself away from the science and his team. And right. And he's yeah. just passionate. Exactly. So he's going to, even though he's in the probably the lowliest position that you can be in the army, being mm-hmm. just being a small private. That he still knows all the science, he's still close to the the operations and whatnot. So he's he's learning. I think yeah. it's smart on Darrow, but also it's just the way Darrow's going about it. It just keeps like, no, I keeps you are charge. my dog. I have the leash on you, and he can't even see his wife. No, like hardcore and to the point where it's like Frank is seeing his wife at night. Granted, right. it's, it's nothing you know innoc- uh, nefarious or whatever. It's just easy, quick visits to see his wife, and then that even pisses off Dara Moore and sends Dunleavy off because Dunleavy's the one that helped get Dara, uh, sorry, not Dara, Frank and Liza back together, and he sent right. Dunleavy to the Pacific, the most bloodiest place, place, Saipan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Saipan was a very, very violent area in the in the world in World War II. And but we unfortunately Dunleavy dies. Yeah. Did we? Did I we see saw this that coming? Can yeah, we, I no. saw that coming. Oh, as soon as I found out, you know, that he was going to get shipped off there, I was like, oh, that's the end of that character. I felt yeah. so bad because it wasn't just Dunleavy; it was other men right. sent. But I I knew it wasn't going to be a good end, especially because Dunleavy he's never really given us a reason to dislike him. He's right. always been that. The meek guy, but he's there to help. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he helped Liza and Frank be reunited, that I guess that just pissed off Darrow. Yeah. Be like, no, I'm going to send you to the most bloodiest place in the world right now, and you're going to die. See what happens. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Dunleavy dies, so it rocks Frank and Liza emotionally. Liza, yeah. So, um, unfortunate. Rest in peace, Dunleavy. <laughs> And then uh, also during this flashbacks, Lorette's and talks to Paul, uh, Paul Crosley, and mm-hmm. again asking all the questions the audience are asking. Asking um, Paul, you're the only Briton around here. Why are you still working with Americans and dealing with all these politics and still being on Team Implosion when you're still not being part of the bigger the bigger plan here? Right. And he talks to his other British friend. 
can't remember his name. Can't remember his name. Let us know. (laughs) Yes, but pretty much let us know. (laughs) Pretty much during the whole flashback, there there was pretty much just telling the audience that reminding us that Paul abandoned his family. Right. He abandoned his child to be on the Manhattan Project, get away from the world. He ran away from his father also, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he wants to just stick with this project, Manhattan Project, come out the better man at the end. Like, he, he's committed, and he's he did something good in the world. Actually being part of something grand, right. such as Manhattan Project. Right. And I was like, that's a good perspective to have on it. Mm-hmm. Go back to your home country, and doing something, having a big accomplishment. Right, exactly. And go be a good dad. Yeah. What yeah, did you think try. of this for Paul? For this type of storyline for Paul? Um, I think it showed a, kind of a difference in his character. You know, now that he's doing the whole site Y or site X, site X, site X, yeah, site X he thing. On for site yeah, X. he's kind of a more suave guy than he was before. I feel I don't know. Um, his whole yeah. kind of demeanor and appearance has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how Paul's telling off anybody he wants to, yeah. and somehow he gets promoted. Yeah, exactly, you know, right? He's getting away with it. He and he always just wants to go do his own thing, and oh, he gets promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that. For his character yeah mm-hmm. and then um and pretty much with charlie the whole story for him in episode world of tomorrow he's still working on getting property and land to actually do the bond testing right so the which didn't really move the needle forward for that particular storyline in that episode mm-hmm. but we're getting closer in episode 33 one more thing about uh the first episode uh, we saw Lazar. <laughs> Lazar yeah. came back, which is good. Uh, you know, he's the guy from season one that helped get give Frank the uranium slash plutonium mm-hmm. when uh, Frank couldn't, and the government wouldn't allow that. He went to Lazar, so it was, it was fun seeing Lazar come back. All right, so we'll, let's get into tonight's episode thirty three. A lot happened. A lot. A lot of exciting thing <laughs> yeah. happened. Overall, what were your quick thoughts of just tonight's episode? I liked it, like I said before, because of the fact that it got a little bit more into the science aspect of things. I feel like the rest of the season prior to this had been a lot about the personal relationships. Yes. And I was just like, okay, I get it, but I want to get into the science. Like, that's what the show is about. And I liked... Um, I liked kind of everything about it. What about I, you? I really like this episode. Frank got a big storyline, as he should in every episode, right. but Frank really just uh, got into the heads of the audience, mm-hmm. spoke for the scientists, spoke for the audience itself. And So let's get into Frank. Again, he's, he's still a private, mm-hmm. uh, but he's pissing off the wrong people. He also as pissed usual. off Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Don't piss off Charlie. And uh, so there's this big man, Vannevar Bush, coming to the Hill. No one's supposed to know about it, but he's the FDR science advisor, which he's actually based on a real person. He was part of the whole FDR slash Hoover um, presidential candidacy when Manhattan Project was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we learned that Vannevar Bush is coming to do reviews of uh, the... The testing, they're still not in the position that they want. Mm-hmm. They realize the, the German bomb is nothing, that they were yep. feeding the information back just to chasing their tails, so Frank says. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that 
historical in a way accurate. Right. <laughs> so I like that one. It's historically accurate. It's <laughs> definitely yes, historically yes. accurate. Um so Vinever comes back and of course Frank wants to get in on this and he's like, "Hey, you know what? Put my name in the hat cuz well also we see at the top of the episode Helen's mm-hmm. talking to her team saying, "Hey, now we're building this bomb, but we the scientists who are actually building this bomb have no say on where we get to use it and uh how it was being yeah. used." And something's wrong there, and right. something is wrong. And I think I'm glad that the scientists finally have a voice now, or they're trying to have a voice, because yeah. it's a huge deal to drop an atomic bomb, you know, that type of energy on innocent people, and I do think that they should have a seat at the table to see. Absolutely. Yeah, so go scientists. Go scientists. Science. <laughs> yes, the, the committee. That's right. what Vinever is also helping head up the, the committee, the... What, what was it? Something... I think it's the interim? Tar- the target committee. Target committee. Um, pretty much the committee that gets has the final say of where and how they use the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, is on it. So Frank, being sidelined by Charlie, because he pissed him off, he's now into the desert, and there's this plutonium ball that they have to help contain, because it's decaying and it can literally blow up yeah. at any second. Very unstable. So Frank mm-hmm. is put on this fun project because everyone else who's trying to contain it within the what was it? Me- metallic walls mm-hmm. that they used some scientific metal material. Blocks. Yeah, metal <laughs> yeah. blocks to help contain this plutonium ball. They're all maxed out for the month. Like, they've reached their limit of exposure to yeah. plutonium. Which, again, I did like the scientific aspect right. of it, too. You're like, all right, Frank, because you can't be on the committee, you can't be around with Vinever. We're going to have you on this deadly project. Exactly. Just so crazy. I liked this episode that you actually saw how, I guess in hindsight for us, we know how, you know, radioactive material works and its effects on the body. And just to, like, see they didn't really know because there hadn't been any tests before that. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, testing the limits. It's just crazy seeing Frank being really motivated and putting these walls together, these brick, metal, metal bricks together. He's just so motivated to get out Out of there. there. He just wants (laughs) as much exposure just so he can get out. I was like, I get it. There's no pressure, like protection around him. I was like, okay, this is the forties. They don't have the technology that they have. But, um, I liked his motivation of just getting out there. He's like, I don't care. I can die right now, but I'm getting out of here. Um, but he successfully gets it to the 97%, I guess, mm-hmm. covered, which is good enough to go home really fast. And that gives him pretty much the courage to write up the petition. Well, he's already starting to write this petition right. to the scientists that he has them all write their names on. What do we think of this whole petition? Ooh. At first, I got it. I was like, okay, he's trying to get, you know, all the scientists behind him. But then when Meeks was talking to his lady friend, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, don't. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, don't be signing that. Because Nora. Yeah, Nora. 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 I had to think of her name. (laughs) Nora. They they never say it because she's also a spy. Yeah, they never really say her name. Nora. Um, But, yeah, then I... It totally dawns, you know, don't, you don't want to have your name on that petition, especially when Daro was calling, you know, yeah. Hoover right after that. It's, yeah. It's really smart that Frank put two and two together. It's like, hey, this is 
again, this is a moral thing that we're doing. Right. But Dara's going to use this against, against this and put this as a blacklist. Because he was so easy to be like, you know what? Yeah, let everyone do sign it. it. It's like <laughs> Dumbledore's army. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> but back in the 1945. Yeah. Um, what I liked about the historical accuracy of this mm-hmm. is there it was actually there was a petition back in 1945 mm-hmm. um after leo i'm going to butcher his last name i'm sorry Szilard, Szilard, Szilard. Szilard. um mm-hmm. he actually put a petition together covering the same things that there were right. all the words about the scientists need to say and who and how they use the bomb. Absolutely. Um, but that petition was actually drafted on July 17th, 1945. Mm-hmm. Whereas we know in the particular show right now, they're in the spring. Right. April of they're 1945. April. So a little bit earlier. And the Leo's petition had 69 co-signers instead. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I I think they probably took inspiration from just having Absolutely. real petitions and put it into this yeah. for dramatic purposes. Another historical that. thing that happened was, um, you know how Frank was doing the critical mass? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that actually happened. And there were some people who actually got a little bit too much radiation, you know. A little too much. Yeah, but I mean, it did happen. So I appreciated the fact that uh, the show took in right, right historical consideration for that stuff. I and I really liked cool. how they took this historical critical situation and brought Liza into the project. Yes, yay! Finally! Finally! Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Fritz brings up the good point. Like, hey, everyone's getting exposed. Mm-hmm. We need someone to just check our medical uh, records pretty much yeah. just to make sure and keep check check up on us to Absolutely. make sure we don't die. Yeah, um, very very reasonable uh, situation, and they bring. But of course, who's the one who has authorization over that? Darrow. Yeah. So you have to go to Darrow. Um, what do we think of bringing Liza into this though? I thought it was good. I loved it when she just marched into Darrow's office and pretty much schooled him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on what exactly could happen if you know all this stuff just could go awry and um, there did need to be testing on the effects of the scientists and Mm -hmm. the environment and just people in general so I was happy that she came back so happy finally put her to use put her science and medical history to use Uh but I also liked how she just got under Daro's skin to be like hey this will also affect you because it's literally 20 yards from you and you're sitting right there it's (laughs) happening in this building Mm-hmm. But your building's right next to it, so exactly. something goes wrong, you and your staff are going to be affected. So I liked how she went in that way. Exactly. So smart. <laughs> so smart, Liza. Love you. Loved. You're amazing. Um, Dara had, like, a lot of interactions with a lot of people. Of course, he's, like, all over the episode. Yeah. What did you think of his interaction with Abby? I thought it was so strange. <laughs> it was. Just, it was uncomfortable strange. Yes, it, it was uncomfortable. Um, I was actually watching it with my husband, and he said, wow, it's a long <laughs> silence. It's kind of awkward. It was. Like, it was just it was very, very awkward and weird. Um, he kind of creeped me out. I don't know. If, for some reason, he's just a creepy guy to me. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his whole exchange with Abby. Even you could tell in her face. She was like, this is just weird. Right. Because <laughs> we see 
Dara and Abby praying on their knees. Because yeah. we see every episode, Dara always brings up a religious aspect. He's a faithful man. Right. Um, man of religion. And we see him talking tonight. It's like, you have to have faith in all this. Mm-hmm. And actually physically getting down on the knees and praying for a right. minute to the point where it's uncomfortable just to watch. watch. There is so much dead I mean, air. I haven't prayed that hard on my knees <laughs> until since, like, praying for a snow day. Right? You know, exactly. Um, I loved Abby's reaction and all that. It's like, I think anyone thrown into that situation yeah. would be like what's going what's on going? i don't know if is i should pray for real take this guy seriously is yeah. this guy mental yeah um especially because she's so used to being around a whole bunch of scientists who yeah defy religion exactly. practically every single day <laughs> exactly uh interesting interesting reaction mm-hmm. okay uh which, I mean, getting into Abby, we see her manning the, the operation switchboard again. But hearing Crosley yeah. on the other line. She loves that switchboard. Line 135. <laughs> what do we think of Cros- Crosley's, Paul's uh, scheduled calls? Right. Flirting with Constance. Right. Does Constance have a thing in all this? Or is she just getting flirty? <laughs> I, I think she does. Interesting. I, think she, I don't... I mean... He, I just want to know, we were talking about this prior to coming on air, what is the machine that he's hooking up, is it a phone line to, or, because it's a typewriter typing, so. It's an actual typewriter. And it's typing actual words, so it's not, I don't think it's Morse code. No, it's not. Morse code, it's all dots and dashes. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's. You know, I want to say visual. maybe they have a transcriber Something on the other like that. end. That's my what do you only... guys think out there? Let us know. <laughs> 1940s technology, exactly. we don't know. Don't know. <laughs> um, which is very interesting. I think maybe Crosley's relaying information back to Britain, to I back think so to too. England. Yeah, um, we know Britain is an ally, but everyone wants the goods. But, <laughs> Going back from, you know, World of Tomorrow's episode, I think mm. Paulsley also is in it for himself, too. Yeah. So, not that he's relaying secret information. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Or maybe he's just trying to, like, I protect think himself. on one of those letters that he was typing out, I saw something that said either plutonium or uranium enrichment. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know if he was typing that back to Site X or if it was going to England. I think it was going to England. Maybe... I don't know. Something secretive, something yeah, that's something. every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a regular constant thing. Constant with constants. <laughs> <laughs> um, should be interesting. I think we'll get more into that. Maybe that'll be in predictions. Right. But Abby hears all this, goes to Darrow, and hence has the awkward praying moment. But what do we think of Abby being the little spy herself? She is. She's just in everyone's business. Everyone's like, business. She just does not learn. No. <laughs> Listening in on the conversation, yeah. going to Paul's, what was it, house? Or just... Just bumping it. Like, yeah. coincidentally bumping into him. It's like, oh, so you know Constance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, she knows being a little detective. Yeah. She... She knows too much. She does. Don't trust her at the operating switchboard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But she's getting all the goods on everyone. Goodness. She is. And she went straight to Dara with that info. Yeah. Yeah. What did like, you think about that? Did you expect her to go straight to Dara? Because I don't even think she didn't tell Charlie, did she? No. Yeah. No, she didn't. She just went to Dara. I think, again, because we see all these episodes where 
Abby wants Charlie to be, you know, the the leader of everything, right? Yeah, pretty much not have Daro's in charge. Mm -hmm. But I think that might have been another way to get just eliminate everyone who could be a potential spy, anyone who could get in the way, cause problems, right? Just so Charlie can be on top, right? So it might have been for her personal gain. If we do think she's a spy, because we predicted she is, right? Or if she's in it to help keep Charlie on top, mm. maybe. Interesting. So many things. I know. <laughs> so many things. But yeah, what a little, what a little spy she is. And then we also get uh, the Fisher. Fisher comes back mm-hmm. hauntingly. They, they, they. I mean, we got the the two fishermen at the beginning. And finally get Fisher's car out of that pond. Yeah. But we didn't get a lot of reveal about Fisher's car. Just the fact that it's been uh, it's been revealed the car's back. I don't right. think they ID'd as Fisher's car yet. Other than no. his glasses. Right. No, I think they did figure out that it was him because weren't the two um the two guys that led Frank off of the hill said something about um, they didn't say Fisher himself, but they said it's the Spooks car. Oh, right. Right. So I think You're everyone right. kind of called Fisher You're that. Right. Yeah. And then when Frank's out in the desert, he's getting spooked. Exactly. <laughs> by Fisher. <laughs> what do we think of Fisher's, you know, taunting in a way? It felt like Sid Lau from from season one. When right. he died and Sid came back and was in Frank's head. Frank's head. What do you think of Fisher now coming back and getting back into Frank's head? kind of the same kind of the same thing yeah yeah um but he was able to you know or frank was able to figure out that the list the petition that everyone was signing through talking with fisher ghost fisher ghost fisher (laughs) um was actually you know a blacklist so frank yeah frank tends to talk to people in his head a lot yeah yeah and it which is very worrisome because Frank is supposed to be the exactly. biggest genius out of everyone, exactly. and yet people are talking to him in his head. He's imagining He's things. He's good about keeping it under wraps, though. Like, he doesn't talk to other people in his mm-hmm. head when other people are around. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, still crazy, but in a good mm-hmm. way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. Uh, so that pretty much brings Frank back to all of this. Uh, he gets the courage to talk to the whole group. Yeah. And be like, hey, if this is all the information that I'm telling you, ignorance is not an option anymore because you now know what's happening. That we don't get a say. We're petitioning to get onto the target committee. So we do officially get a say to say where we get the use in the bomb. Mm-hmm. And if you ignore this and be purposely ignorant, that's on you. Right. Because you can't just walk away and turn the other cheek. Exactly. What do you think of Frank during this? Because at the beginning of the season, everyone's against him. Mm-hmm. Or like, even the end of season one, everyone slowly turns against him. And now they want to follow him. Well, I think because of the message that he's spreading, I mean, if you're a human being and you know what you're about to do, and you have any type of conscience, mm-hmm. then I think you're going to listen to him. Because it is a big decision, and they should have that say. So even though he even said, even though I know I burned most of the bridges in here, like just listen to this, you know, and have a voice and have a say. So I was glad actually to see the scientists leaving with him. I I really enjoy this, especially coming mm-hmm. from 
when everyone's so trained and conditioned to think one way it's like exactly. we're here to make a bomb we don't care what it's for or like we're we're just here for the science and this is our job we're being paid to do this mm-hmm. and now we have to realize the effects of what we're doing and i liked how frank went in that way that exactly. whole mentality is like you're affecting 30 to 50,000 people innocent lives mm-hmm. um as we know it turns into the atomic bomb um, I really like that. And then when he walks out, all the scientists are there. But we get the unfortunate news yeah. that FDR passes away. Yeah. Historically accurate. Exactly. Because he he actually passed, passed away, away April 12th. April 12th, 1945. Yeah. And I did like how they bring Harry S. Truman into that, too. Because exactly. even on the radio recording that they all hear that Harry S. Truman was then sworn into that I believe that day. Right. Um, historically accurate. Yes. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we like that. All coming back. Uh, exactly. So now what do you think is going to happen? Because Frank knew that, um, what's his name? Vernon Bush. Beneaver Bush. Beneaver Bush. Beneaver. That's a hard name. Yeah. <laughs> Beneaver Bush was friends, close personal friends, obviously, with FDR. Mm-hmm. Now that Truman's in the mix, do you think Frank maybe thinks... He doesn't know what's going to happen with this whole, like, scientist. Yeah. (laughs) Scientist plan. Yeah. I think so. I think this will definitely rock his boat. I mean, we can, in a way, get into predictions. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right. Yeah, going off of that, I think Frank, now knowing FDR, has passed... Also affects the relationship with Oppenheimer because mm-hmm. Oppenheimer had a great relationship with FDR, not Harry S. Truman. Because right. historically, the Manhattan Project was so secret that Harry S. Truman didn't even know until exactly. two weeks later. Yeah. He was debriefed literally two weeks later after he was sworn in. That's mm-hmm. how secret it was. Like, FDR didn't even tell him. Um, I think that will just change the whole relationship and how this project will be executed now that they have to go under someone else's command right um and i think that just goes with historical accuracy that things change they have to the the end goal is still the same but the way going about it has changed right i think colonel darrow he might get he might change positions like someone else is going to take him out Ah, okay. I, I think that'd be great, and maybe put Frank, he's no longer private, and actually make him part of the group again. Okay. And Helen is now officially part of the group, too, because Helen right. and Charlie work out their ish. Right. It's like, yes, it was personal <laughs> problems. Please, we need you. You're a woman who's smarter than I am. No Admit kidding. it, Charlie. No kidding. <laughs> um, be on the group. What do you think? I think that, you know how in the first episode of this season, we saw that they were at the Trinity, Trinity test site, and yes. uh, the colonel said, I think it was the colonel, someone mm-hmm. said to keep make sure that Frank does not come. Yeah. Um, so I think what's going to happen is Frank is still going to be kind of gung-ho on this whole, like, scientists need a seat at the table thing, and I think he's going to take it, like, a step further and be like, we shouldn't drop the bomb, we shouldn't uh. do this, it's immoral, and I think that's why they keep him off of the test site like they think he's gonna try to completely take over yeah well not take over but just make sure that the bomb never goes off that Mm, you know well they're still figuring out this quote unquote uranium exactly that frank apparently is the only one who knows because we did see in 
episode World of Tomorrow, he's figured out the math. Yeah. And he slipped it on Oppenheimer's desk. We didn't see Oppenheimer in both episodes. Mm -hmm. So that Frank already has the answers. It's just those who have to not be stubborn enough, Darrow, I'm looking at you, (laughs) um, to actually listen and actually move the bomb forward and move the story forward and actually execute the bomb. Um, It's just frustrating that the whole bureaucratic system and all of this that just... It's people who don't want to be down. put into their place and slowing things down. It's egos. It is. It's egos. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but the president's dead, and I liked how they did get into the historical accuracy. Yes, I want to see more heritage. of, like, the historical accuracy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because I think that's why I first started watching the show, because I was like, oh, this will be cool. You know, I'm a, I totally love history. And when some things were kind of off, eh. But I love it when it's on. When it's on, it's on. Absolutely. And I like it. Yeah. Um, what do you, we think of... Sorry, I was... It's all good. <laughs> reading this notes. Um, because now that this petition is kind of in effect, but he burns the... We see Frank burn the paper. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll actually get a say in what happens? Do you think they'll keep on that historical train? I don't know. I hope Maybe. they like keep on the historical train, but who knows? What do you think? Uh, I want to say it's just going to fizzle. Yeah. And for like all that, we got the rallying, but we got the consciousness within the scientists now. Right. But and we also learn how, again, with the historical accuracy, how Thin Man now became Little Boy. Right. Um. So now we're in the new project. Uh. I think that's as much historical accuracy we'll get in for tonight's episode. I think that's just going to fizzle yeah, out. Yeah, I kind of have a feeling they, it might gonna fizzle lose their out voice. too because just the way the episode ended, like they didn't even get to say their voice. Yeah, and it just, it just like, yeah, nope, we, nope. Had, we were on such a high, <laughs> but again, we're marching like, in, we and thought then... we were going to have a say, but yeah. again, like keeping them back, holding exactly. just the story back, so it keeps. So now we're in April 1944. Mm-hmm. We know the bombs drop in August of 1945. So we right. still have the whole summer to get through. Right. Do you think they'll keep going back with flashbacks or maybe flash forwards? I think more probably flash forwards than flashbacks now because this is what, two episodes that we've been in 1945 now? Yeah. So I think we're kind of done with the past the past for the most part unless it's to reveal some sort of character backstory of some sort but i think yeah. i think we're yeah going forward from here on out i it's agree. moving really quickly so much <laughs> we got so, a lot yeah i mean we're we're almost there but yet we still haven't had any tests i think no. the only explosion we saw in these these two episodes were the Lazar test. Right. There was like two explosions that felt like they were being shot at. But again, no no actual physical explosion. We're, this is like two and a half seasons in. We haven't seen anything. Yeah. It's like, get over your, your you know, politics and just get on with the story. Love the it. show, but like show us something. <laughs> yeah. um, do So for previews, we see... Jim Meeks, mm-hmm. Meeks. Maybe he's getting uh, he's getting shooken up because people might be onto him. Yeah. Do you think he'll be revealed in next episode? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope. I really hope he will. I think it'll add some a little bit more drama and all of that to the episode. I th- think he will. I think he'll get revealed. 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting, because uh, also in... Uh, or at least really close. Really close. Yeah. Like, he'll, he'll slip away. Right. Um, but something for... I liked in 33 episode that uh, he there's the whole theater play going yeah. on. <laughs> All these thespians, <laughs> and Meeks has to sing. Sing. Uh, and- the Mikado. Which is actually a big, famous Japanese play, especially during the the forties at that particular time. Mm-hmm. But the character Meeks has to play is Coco, who ironically is sentenced to be executed for mingling and fl- for adultery, I believe. Ah. For um, yeah, it was, interesting. The, yeah, Coco is sentenced to be executed for having. Uh, an affair hmm. or like relationships flirting with someone he shouldn't have been ah. it's like oh so this kind of reflects Meeks just like <laughs> flirting with danger <laughs> oh the irony exactly. I see it I see it um, what do we think of the actual number 33 the what do you think the relevance was of that 33 I... signatures maybe oh, the petition? I thought maybe it had to possibly what do you think I thought it was how it ended on the 33rd president that's with um FDR now going to Hoover. Didn't know he was like thirty third president <laughs> right 30, off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I put I thought thirty third president or okay. the thirty three signature names for the petition. Is that how many he got was thirty three? I think it's it was implied that's how many. Okay. I didn't pause to count every right. single yeah. head, but those are the only numbers I could think of for the relevance of thirty three. Yeah, I didn't get anything for the relevance of thirty three. But other than that, Fun episodes. It was. A lot of reveals. Yes. Where can everyone keep following you and talking about Manhattan? Please tweet me. I'd love to hear. Um, at Alina Vision. That's A-L-I-N-A-V-I-S-S-I-O-N. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Please rate, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave your reviews and theories of what's what's happening yes. in Manhattan Project. We want to hear your predictions. Of the, the you know Los Alamos. Can people get off their high horses? <laughs> and let's see some bombs. Yeah, let's see some just explosions. Just a link. even failed test. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take any that. day. <laughs> All right. So thank you everyone for listening, and we will be back next, next week. week. Yeah. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.